of the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I'm your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime superhero fan. And as always, you've reached the podcast. We talk comic books, we talk animation. Thanks for joining us once again, and welcome to episode 101. Let me briefly explain the rules, and then we'll get right into it. Comic books, animation, geek culture, that's basically what we talk about. Animation always, you know, but other aspects seep in there as well. Rule number two, I'm a huge fan of the old DC Comics Presents, Marvel Team-Up, Marvel 2-in-1, all the old Team-Up comic books. So this is a Team-Up podcast. Every week, me and a special guest, talking comic books, talking animation, having fun. Which brings us to the third and most important rule, we gotta have fun. Without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Bring out my guest. He hasn't been on in a while. He was on once before. Welcome back to the multiverse, Antoine. Hey, good evening. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Good, good. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Glad to be back. Last time you here, we uh, we talked Static Shock. Yes, sir. This week, this episode, we decided we're really going to step outside the box. We're going to bend the rules a little bit. Some might say break it, but... Our subject matter does relate to comic books and animation, so we're going to include it. This week, we're going to talk Mass Effect. Now, you pick this topic. Before we get into it, there's a new feature on the show. It wasn't here last time you were here, but I've added it every episode now. We start with a trivia question. Cool. We're gonna hit you up with a trivia question related. We always have to guess with a trivia question related to the topic. You ready? Yes, sir. You feeling confident? You uh, you you're knowledgeable Mass Effects fan? I'm feeling pretty confident. Okay. So according to my research, when the first Mass Effects video game was being developed, they didn't originally have that title. Before they, they settled on Mass Effects, what was the working title? Of the video game, the very first video game. Oh, you got me on that one. <laughs> uh, you go, you're, you're throwing the towel in now, even without a fight. Ah uh, man, I know that. Uh, I know that Bioware was. Uh, I know it went from they were working on Jade Empire, then they announced Mass Effect. I didn't know there was a, like a working title before it was Mass Effect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> the trivia question got me on that one. <laughs> so, original working title of Mass Effects was SFX, which stood for, ready for this? Science Fiction X. Didn't I know that? <laughs> wow. You got me on that one. Uh, bro, didn't I know it was Science Fiction X? I did not know that. I know so much about Bioware, I did not know that. I know that the founders was two doctors from Canada that loved the passion for video games. Like, I, I know so much, but did not know the working title of Mass Effect. <laughs> All right, so, like I said, we're uh, bending the rules a little bit, but uh, you and I went back and forth on what to talk about, and uh, we decided, let's go outside the box a little bit, so we're going to talk Max Effects. What made you uh, decide on this subject? Uh, the subject of Mass Effect um, is one of my favorite games because it takes the lore from both Star Wars and Star Trek and it makes its own creation. Just with the whole story itself with humans discovering the ruins on Mars that jumped their technology 300 years. And then it's the first contact war with the Torians. And then, <laughs> and then basically how humans just became... They're not the apex of the galaxy, but just like they became the new boys of the whole galaxy. And they tried to you know, like bully themselves in because they were human. And the whole lore, just learning about the Reapers, the different races, like Mass Effect itself is just phenomenal. Like it's literally just phenomenal when you dive into it. 
like when you dive into the history of it from each race themselves. I'm going to probably come across like the, uh, the old man, you know, <laughs> trying to fit in here. Cause, uh, even though I've played plenty of video games, I've never played uh, Mass Effect. So you're going to be the expert on this one. Yes, sir. But it has spawned many things, including comic books. Yep. That, that's enough to count it. And animation, which we're gonna, this is going to be the subject, but we're going to get into that a little bit later on. We're going to get into a little brief history of the video game before we get into the animation. The Mass Effect, the first game, came out back in November 20th. 2007, back, uh, what is that, 16 years ago? Mm-hmm. Developed by, like you had said earlier, BioWare and uh, EA. Uh, Ma- uh, Microsoft. Microsoft was the first one to publish it. looks like the first uh, systems it was available on were the PlayStation 3, uh, Microsoft Windows, and the Xbox 360. Um, it became available on the PlayStation after EA bought them. But the uh, first Mass Effect game, including Mass Effect 2, was originally released on Xbox and PC. Look at this. We're, we're, bare, we're not even 10 minutes in. I've already made a fool out of myself. It's like, hell no, no, no. <laughs> no, sir, man. It's, it's, it's a very tricky thing when it comes to um, publishing like rights and all that. Like Microsoft just published the first game, but they never actually owned the rights to Mass Effect or BioWare. That's why EA was able to actually publish it on PlayStation. And it uh, looks like the creators of the game, uh, Casey Hudson, Drew Kefferson, and a Preston Watamanic. Casey Hudson is one of my uh, one of my favorite animation directors. Like he um, he directed the whole trilogy from Mass Effect one, two to three. And uh, it looks like uh, from what I read. Um, the people that worked on this, they had before this worked on the uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the Star Wars game. Yep, Bioware. Led into this, and uh, some of the ideas left over from that that weren't used, they uh, used for the Mass Effect series. Yes, sir. And Mass Effects, Mass Effects 2, Mass Effects 3, Mass Effects Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Looks like they had some mobile titles as well as uh, Mass Effects Galaxy and Mass Effects Infiltrator. Yeah, for the mobile, yes, sir. Well, it's been quite a lot. Now, is this? Would you say this is your favorite video game series, or was it just because this one a company has an animated film that goes with it? I would say this is one of my favorite video game series. Out of the three, the second is my favorite. Now, I used to play. I used to be obsessed with Halo and Madden, but uh, I don't play video games hardly ever compared to <laughs> what I used to. <laughs> I think the last one I really played, like where I had any kind of like investment, was one a God of War three and Batman. I think the first Arkham game what was it? Was that just Batman Arkham? I mean, it was Batman Arkham Asylum. Okay, yeah, that those are the uh, last two games I ever played that I really put any kind of long period of trying to beat them. Uh, I didn't beat them both of them. God of War, I got to the part where. Uh, I think he fights Hades, and I couldn't beat him. (laughs) Oh my goodness, man! I love not to get sidetracked. That was one hell of a fight, man. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. That was one hell of a fight with Zeus, bro. And it and how Corey set it up too with the camera angle, like it was a whole Mortal Kombat angle. Like (laughs) it was just awesome. But yeah, it was it was one hell of a fight. Like with Zeus was one hell of a fight, man. I'm. I'm not going to disagree with you. I actually ended up beating it, but yeah, man. I think with Batman, it was uh, there was a trap the Joker set that kind of got I couldn't beat, and I kind of got annoyed and kind of walked away for a while. <laughs> I ended up beating uh, ended up beating Arkham Arkham Asylum. Joker took the Bane medicine, and beat his ass, and you know that ends up crippling <laughs> him at the end. Then he goes, then he goes away, and then they rolled that height boy and gave you Arkham City, and whoo, that was gold. That was gold. <laughs> but Mass Effect is the topic here. And yes. <laughs> now, they had comic books published by Dark Horse. Yes. First one was uh, Mass Effect's Redemption in uh, January of 2010. Uh, Mac Walters was the writer. Now, I know you, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, you're an avid comic reader as well. Uh, do you have any of the Mass Effect comic books? I actually had the complete whole set, and I was currently uh, reading it in the last couple of weeks. 
No, so that's what uh, got you motivated. This is uh, how this idea got into your head. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Dad and my friend had a uh, my friend had ended up buying the uh, Steam Deck. He ended up buying Mass Effect the whole uh, the whole trilogy, and that just like rekindled flames again for the series. <laughs> it's been six years since uh, Mass Effect's Andromeda. Is there? Uh, oh, and it says here that uh, there's a untitled Mass Effect game in the works. I don't know if that information is out of date or not, though. No, um, that was um, that's actually accurate. There's no um, there's no release date. There's um, there's a trailer out. There's actually a trailer out. If you go watch the trailer, it's gonna show Liara, who's the um, who's one of the um, protagonists from the main uh, Mass Effect series, the Blue Lady. Um, she's actually gonna be walking the snow with uh, with like a lure, with like a gown on covering her face. Basically, she goes over to like this um, debris and she picks up an N7 uh, armor piece and the Shepherds. And she smiles. And there's a reaper in the background. The new Mass Effect game takes uh, takes place directly after what happened in the trilogy. It's just that right now, um, there's a lot of uh, shenanigans going on, I would say that, because Casey Hudson ended up leaving again. So, like, uh, EA definitely wants to go through with it. That's why they end up re- re-releasing the whole trilogy on that one set, a couple of, uh, like, like last year. And the game did phenomenal. So, like, EA is definitely going to go forward with it. I just don't know... If Casey Hudson is going to come back and not, or are they going to find a, a person that has Casey Hudson style for Mass Effect? All right. So animation is the main focal point of my uh, show. We're going to be talking animated Mass Effects. We're going to be talking Mass Effects Paragon Lost. Now, uh, I had not seen this before, so but I remember when you and I started talking, I remembered that this existed. Had you seen this before? I seen um I seen parts of the uh, movie here and there. It was uh released. We're going back to November 29th, 2012. That's when they had a, a, an original limited theatrical release. Uh and then about a month later it got released digitally and then, you know, from there for you know, it got released on a uh, I don't know if Blu-ray was a thing by uh 2012 or not, but uh definitely DVD if not Blu-ray. <laughs> Now, uh, produced by BioWare, Funimation, TO Entertainment, animation by uh, Production IG. Um, now, this is, they say, and you'd probably know better than I do, this is more loosely based on Mass Effects 2. Yeah. That sound right? Okay. Could a person walk into this, uh, without spoiling too much, uh, walk into it with uh, not playing the games and not be completely lost? You're going to know about the, um, the um, you're going to know about the collector's from the angle of the movie, but you're like, but you're not going to know about what Shepard is doing because from that movie angle, it's from um, James Vega's uh, perspective. Oh, okay, Vega, I'm going to assume is the character from the second game. Uh, he's actually in the third game. He gets introduced uh, in the third game. Gotcha. All right, so this was written by a Henry Gilroy, uh, directed by. Uh, all right, let's let's see. Uh, I'm great with Japanese names. As anybody who's listened to the show can tell. <laughs> Directed by Atsushi Takuchi, I believe is how you say his, the name. So uh, I think that's uh, I think that's accurate. Definitely an anime style here to this animation. Now the main character, Lieutenant James Vega, he's voiced by the one and only uh, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know, Freddie Prince uh, played Fred in the Scooby-Doo live-action movies. Yep. And I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yep. Uh, She's All That. Yep. Married to Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yep. He was on 24. He did voices on Robot Chicken, but everybody does that. Star Wars Rebels, that was the other, uh, his, uh, and The Bad Batch is his main uh, voice acting work that he's done. Yeah. And he did the voice of uh, Vega in Mass Effects 3 as well. Yep. He was like more of a late 90s thing, if you... Uh, that's when his like his, the peak of his career was. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the cast here is, uh, is all people that... If uh, you've listened to my show before, you know anything about anime, there's a lot of the same people that, uh, that do a lot of the voiceovers of in- Japanese to English dubs of anime. Like uh, Monica Riles, one of them, Vic McNoga, uh, Josh Grell, Todd Hapricon. They, they've done voiceovers on video games, uh, anime, everything from My Hero Academia, 
Witchblade, Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Full, what is it, Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Like most adaptations, especially stuff that was uh, Japanese to English, uh, you see a lot of the same people. I can only assume they got Freddie Prince and not someone who was already a voiceover actor because Freddie was doing the, the voice already, but was probably already developing the voice for the third game. I believe so, yes, sir. You said uh, you had seen parts of it, but you've never seen the whole thing? Yeah, I've seen parts of it, but um, I definitely like it uh, because uh, James Story mixing with the uh, mixing with Mass Effect 3. So I got like an idea of like, his background story in the movie. What would you say to any uh, any critics out there, any nitpickers who say that we're cheating and this isn't comic book animation? Yeah, I just tell them that it's geek culture. Why are you upset? <laughs> <laughs> geek culture is everything. It's a buffet, right? Like, there's no such thing as video game culture. It's too long to say. It's a mouthful. There's no such thing as comic book culture. It's geek culture. Like, everything falls under geek culture. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. Comics, animation, video games, even movies, everything. Uh, falls under well. geek culture. <laughs> All right, so on that note, we will take a little break. We're going to watch Mass Effect, Paragon Lost. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. At the time, I thought I was making the right decision. Now, I just don't know. Vega. Hell of a battle there, son. That's the kind of leadership I'd expect from a veteran. You gotta be ready for anything. You think I'm ashamed to show respect for someone who saved billions of lives? Bastards are currently laying siege to our colony on Fell Prime. Man, there's swarms of them up there. You ever seen these things before? No, never. Entire colonies vanishing overnight? I thought it was just a silly rumor. I remember you. The Alliance Marines who bested the Blood Pack in their Battlemaster thing. <laughs> I know how hard you try to protect everyone. Sometimes circumstances make that impossible. What I see here is a squad of highly trained special forces. You're not warriors. Not yet. Today we find out what you're made of, Marines. It's time to earn that uniform. think I made the wrong decision. Sometimes 1-800-COLLECT can be a lifesaver. Right now, every completed 1-800-COLLECT call enters you in Buffy's 1-800-COLLECT. Let him eat steaks, sweepstakes, watch Buffy Mondays, know your Slayer trivia, and win great prizes. Or the chance to get staked on an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You could be one lucky step. The more 1-800-COLLECT calls you make, the more chances to win. So, how do you like your steak? Incoming transmission from Novaria. Request denied. Setting new course for Kalistan. Many decisions lie ahead. None of them easy. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. And we're back. And hopefully you just also watched Mass Effect... Paragon Lost. So, definitely interesting. I can definitely see the uh, anime influence. As I've said before, even though I've done some anime episodes, I've never been huge in the uh, anime sphere. I, I enjoy some of it, but it's never... I'm, I'm always been... I am always have been, and I'm always... Western comics always kind of come first for me, even though I know some people don't agree with that. I can respect that. Uh, I, have a, I have a good mixture of both. But, you know, I can definitely respect that because Western books definitely come first, too. Also, <laughs> in my category, like, what's not the love about 
what we produce when it comes to comic books, from DC to Marvel, from Dark Horse to Image, to Valiant, to Aspen Comics, like, to Top Cow. Like, what's not to love? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, even though I say that, every time I have someone on here and we do something anime, I, I almost always give it a, a pretty strong positive review. So uh, I, don't, I don't even know why I put the disclaimer up anymore. <laughs> I think the last two I did were One Punch Man and Vampire Hunter D, and I gave both like glowing reviews. Hey, One Punch Man is my joint. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh we get the opening on the spaceship, pretty good mix of hand drawn and computer animation. Uh, we get introduced to all of our characters, the Marines. He has his uh Forever Normandy pin, <laughs> and uh. Messner, I believe it is, who says the line about how uh, she always looks uh, hot in her uh, armor. <laughs> was that Messner who said that? that was, I think Essex said that, actually. He's the blonde one, right? Yeah, yep. All right, all right. I'm going to get this by. <laughs> <laughs> she says, this was one of my favorite lines where she says, uh, you're going to make your hand jealous. And he says that my hand is your second biggest fan. <laughs> And his his hand knows how to party as he grabs her ass. Yep. <laughs> so this is uh very similar to like uh, I'd say the the second Aliens movie where they're the Marines on the ship getting ready to go to a colony that's been invaded by the collectors. The, isn't it the Kriegans first? Isn't oh that? yeah, 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 yeah. It was um it was uh, Krogan. Krogan, yeah, the Krogan Blood Pack. Yeah, the Krogan Blood Pack was first. Yeah, the collector show up later. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gonna get a ton wrong, so I think we can cut you some slack. Very, you notice in sci-fi comic books, it's a real big trope. This uh, alien race that are like warriors. They're honorable, but they live to fight, and uh, they're all about war. That. <laughs> It's a real popular idea in science fiction. <laughs> the Krogan, son. That back that background made them that way. <laughs> they're gonna attack the the colony. Um they're pretty much winning. They they've taken down the shield at one point. Our little group of ragtag misfits, they come in with some others. Uh, a lot of them get shot down in the process and our our little group doesn't have any casualties, but a lot of other uh, Marines get killed in the fight. Mm-hmm. That's they, what they uh, Mass Effect will do. They will kill that Mass Effect will kill you off. They have no problem killing you off. I like at one point in the fight, he says, Get your get off me, you dirty space turtle. <laughs> and I think about it, Krogan dude like space turtles. <laughs> the Torians are space birds. <laughs> During the fight at one point, we got our first look at uh April and Tria, I think it was Christine was the other girl, April's mother. Yeah, Christine, yes, sir. Yeah. I got to be honest, I, uh, well, this is jumping ahead. I thought they were a couple. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so when later on, when Vegas hitting on Tria, I was kind of confused because I thought Tria and Christine were a couple. <laughs> I kind of forgot watching this that this came out 11 years ago and it's not in the the modern scape of Hollywood. So I, th I think I was looking at it through the kind of stuff that comes out now and, and not thinking it came out 11 years ago. I know. Trust you, man. <laughs> so in the fight, uh, they're kind of outnumbered. So Vega, they get offered to, to come out, of course, to get a quick honorable death. So Vega's going to go out so they can sneak up and flank them all from behind. Big fight in introduces. You get to see all kinds of weapons. Uh, you know, regular guns as well as uh, that cool stuff they do with their suits. I can't really. You you know the games better than I do. You could probably describe what they're doing. That's they put the shields around their suits. The suits have shields, and then um, and then then it depends on the um the character. You got biotics. Some people have biotics. Some people have um tech. Um, with different classes. With different classes, like with James Vega, he's a soldier. Like his class is a soldier. That's why you don't uh, see him with no uh, no special powers, but you see him with the guns. So their their plan works. They uh, end up beating them. They get them down to the leader, which Essex is going to kill at one point. But Vega is not going to let that happen because even though it's war and they're Marines, they're not murderers. Yep. <laughs> Until you play the game. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and there's a, a line, uh, don't get too wrapped up. Uh, the Normandy, they, uh, they kind of warned Vega not to get too wrapped up in the events of that. And his hero, what was his name again? Commander Shepard. There you go, Commander Shepard. Commander Shepard. Yeah, Commander Shepard. So it's two years later. They're at a new developed colony. Everything seems, for the most point, peaceful. We get the Terminus system, I believe, is what it was. Yeah, the Terminus system. That's a uh, the Terminus system is outside of um, outside of Citadel space. So it's basically like the Wild Wild West. Of course, Essex there doing his thing, and there's a joke, of course, about him having a small penis. <laughs> then that's when, yeah, Vega apparently has a thing for Tria. That's when I was kind of surprised, because I was like, oh, I, I thought she was a couple with the other girls, so that kind of threw, even though she doesn't seem all that interested at first. They uh, say how she has, he's got a thing for blue chicks. I think it's a space thing, bro. I think it's like a, a male space thing. If you saw... We saw Sorry rocking down the street. Be like, mm, I think I'm gonna take me in. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're listening to this and you didn't actually watch it or play the game, Tria is pretty normal human. She's humanoid, but she's blue. Yeah, octopus and, hair. Uh, yeah, she has like this octopus hair. I swore at one point. Now, I think it's just the design, but I swore it looked like she was wearing chaps at one point, <laughs> and her ass was hanging out. But I think it was just the way it was designed. See, I, w- I would say that um, I would say playing Mass Effect, the the Asari are the most attractive race out there next to the humans when it comes to ladies. Well, they even made a comment about everybody having having a thing for some blue. <laughs> At one point, Vega's trying to make small talk. Her and him and Tria get. She's not really having it, by the way. His game is not on point. I don't know. Yeah, how, how, it isn't. It isn't. I don't know how he snagged Buffy the Vampire Slayer because he. Uh, he ain't exactly suave in this thing. <laughs> they can't, both of them can't get access to a certain area. She says, like, very kind of hostile, like, yeah, it's been this way since you grunts took over. They find out about there's some interference, and they go to this certain part of the planet where they find what appears to be a, an ancient uh, artifact that's causing interference. Now, uh, is this part of the game? Ancient artifact? No, sir, it's not. But Mass Effect 2, and for 3, it wasn't either. It wasn't either. It was just mostly about um, building up the weapon to actually stop the Reapers in Mass Effect 3. And uh, I forgot to mention Messner's been introduced at this point. Is he from the games? Messner? Um, no, Messner was introduced um, during the movie. Okay. And he's very similar to the, the Paul Reiser character in Aliens, if you've ever seen Aliens, where... He's working for somebody else, and he's kind of selling information and whatnot. Despite uh, Tria's uh, objections, they end up destroying that artifact because it's causing all this interference, and uh, it's uh, dangerous. They end up going to this platform uh, that's still working, and she says it's alien technology that's probably been there for 70,000 years. And uh, she suspects it might be the vanished alien race, the the pro. Protheans, is that? Protheans. Protheans, which I assume is also from the game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Protheans are the Protheans are from the game. Yes, sir. That was the uh, <laughs> Protheans was the race that got wiped out by the Reapers before the actual races that that got introduced in the game fifty thousand years prior. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure anyone, any of my friends who play video games are probably listening to this, really uh, calling me an idiot at this. Point. <laughs> <laughs> This is very advanced biomechanics. Uh, Tria, she uh, collaborates with on a hologram, another one of her race, about this. Yes, yeah, sorry. I think that was Liara. Yeah, I think you were correct, who uh, believes that this is the... She is, uh, she's been labeled a conspiracy theorist because she believes in the, the Reapers. Nobody believes in the sentient large ships. That's the underlying joke of the whole game, yeah. Like that's the underlying joke of the whole game is that you see the Reaper in the first game, you destroy it, and you think everything is okay. And Shepard's like, "Bro, it's like fifty thousand more of these things, so they aren't coming." No, they're not. <laughs> and when one shows up later, the the thing is goddamn enormous. How could these things be around and people think they don't exist? <laughs> that's the funny part, man. That's the 
that's the funny part. The Reaper, the Reapers are so good at covering their tracks. It just acts like the whole race is up and just vanished. But when one person finds out about it and tries to explain it, nobody believes him or her, depending on how you play it. But my playthrough, nobody believes him. He spends three years trying to tell people that they're coming and does everything he can to stop them, and they still come. Because uh, Vega, he doesn't believe me either. He says that he, they don't exist. There's no proof they ever existed. <laughs> but right after that, then, we get a shot of the Reaper's ship, which is, I got to say, design-wise and animation-wise, it's pretty outstanding in this uh, animated film. I don't know how I describe it. It almost looks like half organic and half mechanical. Yeah, it's like a um, it like yeah, the Reaper, the Reaper, like Shepard says, like a giant popcorn shrimp. <laughs> but the Reaper itself, the Reaper itself looks like you take two of your like three of your fingers, you just come down and boom, and that's what it looks like. It's like the Reaper design is just, it's just hard. It's just hard, man. Like the Reapers themselves are just amazing. They first unleash this wave of these giant insects that terrorize the uh and sting almost everybody in the colony secret uh, swarms aha uh-huh, okay they take them out you even have a scene where uh april and christine have been chased and they're they're kind of getting away but they end up getting sting you find everybody's being paralyzed they're not actually dead and then we get uh the collectors that are these they're like humanoid insect aliens yeah just uh I can tell you who the collectors really are. <laughs> Does that not get revealed until a later game? Um, you actually find out in Mass Effect 2 who the collectors are. Ah, okay. They try and sneak onto the base, uh, the Marines, to try and save the colony, see if everybody's still alive, and deal with our alien friends. That doesn't go super well. Ah, people get murked. They end up losing a couple of them. Uh, I believe Nikki and... Uh, and uh, is it Essex? One of them gets kind of like kidnapped during the thing. It was Mason, wasn't it? Mason, you're right. It was Mason. You are correct. No, wait, not Mason. It was uh, it was one of the others. It wasn't Mason because I remember Mason is with them when they're in the bunker because they end up breaking in that, that bunker they didn't have access to. They end up, everyone breaks in there because Mason gives someone hell because uh, he left Nikki behind when she got kidnapped. They get up to where the giant cannons are. They notice that they can track all the humans and almost all of them are on that, the big ship. They charge the cannons, but it's taken too long. So they figure, Vega figures, they fire those cannons half-powered. They won't totally blow up the ship and kill everybody aboard. But it doesn't work. It just deflects it. <laughs> they end up getting attacked again. They end up uh, thinking they can escape, but uh, that ship just blows up every ship there is, so they can't even get off the damn planet. Then we get thing how uh, Mason's been reporting to, is it Cerebus? Yeah, Cerebus. Yeah, Cerebus. Cerebus is actually part of the Alliance, like the Alliance military, but they're so black ops that they're their own, they're their, they are their own organization. They say that they are human supremacists. Yes. Human species is number one in their eyes. Humans. Humans above aliens. So they, uh, that, that doesn't sit well, but they get attacked by this weird kind of alien insect thing that apparently it looks like it's holding Camille as part of, the, of a collective or something. And that's when Mason kind of loses it, goes charging full force, and pretty much just gets vaporized. Yeah, it gets annihilated. <laughs> Essex, he's been, uh, he got zapped by one of the insects. They found an antidote that they'd been working on because apparently they had knowledge of these insects. So they were working on that antidote, but, uh, doesn't seem to have any effect. Doesn't seem to help, uh, Essex. He doesn't snap out of it. They end up freeing, I don't remember his name, but the, the Krugin from that they didn't kill two years ago, he was there held prisoner. And uh, they end up uh, making a deal with him because he says that uh, they'll never get off this island without island <laughs> off this planet without him. Do you remember his name? Was it Archuk? Yeah, it was Archuk. Archuk, yeah. So he's there. So they're gonna form an alliance with him because he has a ship that uh, they don't know about the the collector. So they're gonna get that ship to try and get off. Uh huh. Ends up getting damaged in a fight. So uh, instead, 
they decide they're going to do a suicide mission where they're going to crash that thing right into the giant eye of the ship. I mean, they don't call it a suicide mission, but they, they pretty much, uh, you know, they all agree. You know, you always have the one guy saying, do that, that's suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Vega gives them a speech, and they're going to go for it, and they even all drink a, uh, they all share a flask of alcohol to celebrate the occasion that this could be their last mission together. Uh-huh. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Archuk says some line about it tasting like dung or something. Alien dung. <laughs> he loses his whole squad. <laughs> uh, they get in there. We get, of course, a great scene of them flying through the ship and blasting things, fighting off. The plan's not really working. Uh, but at one point, uh, they're going to do a mission uh, where they're going to save the day. But then Messner, he shows his true colors and he turns on them and shoots Archuk crashing the ship. Find out he's been working with the collectors the whole time. Now, is that something completely fabrication of this movie, or does that tie into anything from the game? Don't remember. No, that's only part of the, uh, that's only part of the movie. Unless Messner was indoctrinated. Not my miles from Mass Effect 2 or 3. Nope. Uh, so he's working with them to collect data to help them... Basically, he's been helping the collectors go to different planets and like just pretty much, you know, taking it over. He's been getting data that he's been sending back to the Alliance and Cerebus as a part of this deal. They've captured pretty much everyone at this point. But ah, you find out that Vega, he's no dummy. He had spiked that alcohol with the antidote. So they're not paralyzed after all. Which, at the time, I was annoyed when he got free because I was like, why isn't this jerk paralyzed? But then, <laughs> found out he's, he's a clever one, and he, uh, he had spiked the alcohol with the antidote. And then Mesner takes uh, Tria to this, uh, he's not sure what it is. It's a, a telepathic deposit, I believe he, uh, he describes it, uh, from the, how do you say that, uh, ancient alien race again? Protheans. The Protheans. He says he's not really sure what he what it is, but uh, he wants to use it. But uh, you can see some bodies laying around. He he used a couple of humans to test it. Didn't have very good effect. But uh, he thinks Tria can do it. Uh, and when she does go in it, we get these flashbacks of the Reapers wiping out them, and uh, and the Reapers remade them. And you find out the Reapers. The reason they've been capturing everybody is they're using human DNA to build their ships. Yeah, they've been uh they've been going around collecting uh going around scooping up human human colony races, building a human reaper. Now I should have probably asked you this earlier, but uh, does this the the animation and everything the designs and everything very similar to the games? You think they did it justice? Um, I think they did it justice from an anime standpoint. Yes, I think they did it justice, especially with James Vega with his damn mohawk and his tattoo on his neck. <laughs> <laughs> They showed off the N7 armors. They did the powers. They showed off the Asari, how they looked. They showed off the Krogan, how the collectors looked. Like they showed off the collector ship. Like yeah, yeah, they definitely, uh, they definitely did. Like definitely did it justice. I can, I, I can say that. So uh, the humans are fighting back as well, but their ships gonna crash. The Reapers decide that they can't handle. They have no tolerance for incompetence, and Messner uh, messed up pretty badly. So they got no more use for him. He tries to threaten them with uh, he's going to send this data right to the Alliance if they uh, don't let him be, but uh, they ain't having that. They don't even care. <laughs> Tria gets it and uh, gets into a pod, which ends up getting jettisoned from the ship. Messner tries to plead with his life from uh, Vega, you know, that he needs him, that'll pay him any price, but Vega's not going to use for that either. Yeah. Then Vega gets in the old, so he's got the old Sophie's Choice thing where does he save the colonists that are crashing or does he save Tria who's got the data to the Alliance that could help them in the eventual war with the Reapers? Which kind of surprised me. I thought they were going to find a loophole where he was going to do both. Nah, that's Mass Effect does not play that way. Mass Effect does not play that way, man. Like, it's like, it's a, it's a Paragon Renegade situation. It's good or bad. You just have to deal with that outcome. That's what that's what makes it good. If I'm not mistaken, just going off the game, because I never did finish it. I believe James chose the data and sacrificed the colony. 
Well, I guess that way it's good that I went into this blind because uh, I didn't even see that coming. That could, like, took me by surprise. I thought for sure he was going to pull both off, save everybody. But nah, yeah, he. Uh, I'm going off the game when he was talking to Shepard. He, uh, Captain, I believe Captain Tony died, and Vega chose the data over the colony. But he was pissed because at the same time he took the data. And sacrifice a colony, Shepard was launching his suicide mission to take down the collector homeworld with 12 squad mates. <laughs> so literally Shepard went in with 12 people on a military base and wiped everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, just picture that, dog. Like, that's that's what makes Mass Effect 2 my favorite game, is that you had to take 12 people that was down for a suicide mission with you. And they roll with you. And you got to go, like, you literally got to go with a handful of heads. And you got to go into a military base and wipe out everybody. And wipe that base out of existence. That's what, like, that's 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 what made it hard. And that's why Vega was pissed because he knew nothing about that. He knew, he didn't know Shepard was actually launching a suicide mission at the same time he was doing that mission. Damn, that's pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> Yo, it's heavy as shit when you think about it. <laughs> Uh, at this point, also, like, when he is put into the decision to have to do it and and he does make the decision, that's where I kind of got into my head again about modern entertainment and I can't imagine the, the negative effect reaction on social media <laughs> this would have had if this came out today. <laughs> oh, my God, he sacrifices people just to save data? Like, the Reapers, they're not there. Like, no, you have no idea, man. Like... <laughs> The stuff that Shepard went through, like there's this um there's a DLC called The Arrival for Mass Effect 2. And you find out that you got three days until the Reaper show up. Basically, you got three days until the Reaper show up. So the same position that James Vegas and Shepardson, but it's not a colony, it's a whole planet. You good God. <laughs> it's a whole planet. So Shepard has one decision, and he was like Shepard had to sacrifice the planet. He had to sacrifice the planet. He wiped out a whole planet full of people to stop the Reapers for six months from showing up. I mean, I see little things on social media. Innocuous things get blown up into the biggest deal. So this guy, this man, having to decide other people's lives and some of them die as a result, I, I couldn't imagine if it came out now the way people would react. <laughs> True. <laughs> Maybe I've just been turned cynical by by some of the modern stuff. Maybe not, but that's just that's just the vibe I got while watching it. It's like I'm not to get sidetracked, but let's give an example of that. Remember when Alex Ross posted his Wonder Woman picture of her dropping the um the Muslim attire? Oh yeah. Yeah, one oh god, what was what was that from? I, th- I think it was from the Justice, yeah. From Justice. Yeah, I got the book from Justice. The whole internet was up in the uproar whole uproar <laughs> so yeah i believe you so after that we get a i wouldn't call it an award ceremony but uh i guess i call it a debriefing with vega and the and the higher ups where uh they call him a hero because of the data mm-hmm. uh, they let him know shepherd is alive and he's in the n7 program does that mean something to you yeah the n7 program yeah that's the um that's a program for uh elite soldiers like only like uh-huh. handful of people will pick to be in an seven program. So it's basically like it's basically like being a what's one what's one of the Royal Guards from Star Wars? Like it's basically like being one of them. Like one of them elite black stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's not happy. He's, he says, I'm no hero. You know, because obviously he had a f I'd I'd imagine that'd be very traumatic, even if you didn't know the people on that ship, knowing that your decision cost that many lives. Yeah, like, yeah, and you, uh, like I said, you find out about that in the third game. Like, James was like, yo, <laughs> James was like, the time that we was, the time I was picking a date over the colony, you were launching a suicide mission <laughs> to collect the whole world. <laughs> I could have saved the colony instead. <laughs> Basically, man, but yeah, that's a, that's what I like about Mass Effect. It's like, you know, it has this bright moments, but it also has this dark moments, too. One thing that's irked me, and it's why with comics, especially, I've had periods where I'm not really reading, is sometimes I just get tired of there's no there's no thrill because I know nothing bad. There's no stakes. I know these guys are going to live. 
I know none of them are going to die. And I know even if they are going to die, they're going to get brought back by the next writer in like six months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the only character that's dead is stay dead and never popped up. Unless it was a memory or any, like even in any multiverse situation is uncle Ben. <laughs> it's <right>. uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> For years and years, it was Uncle Ben and Bucky, and then the Winter Soldier came around. Winter well, Soldier came just back. Uncle, <laughs> it's just Uncle Ben. Yeah, I, I, I really like, and I, like, I really believe that. I mean, at one point, Thomas and Martha Wayne was dead until Flashpoint, <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Thomas Wayne Batman and Martha Wayne Joker. I'm like, I, I believe the only character that ever stayed dead. I mean, you can count the original Captain Marvel. But I believe the only character that ever stayed dead in any comic book history is Uncle Ben and will not be resurrected. I believe, like, I believe, I mean, a writer could come on and do a Mephisto type of shit and be like, all right, Uncle Ben is alive. And they'd be like, oh, well, Peter has no reason to be Spider-Man no more. Now you got Miles. Like, you see, (laughs) there you go. Like, you know, because Peter's whole being on Spider-Man is Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben's tragedy. Don't give him any idea. No, I, I apologize, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, like I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> so that's why I did find this kind of interesting because I do like when there's actual stakes in some of the characters. You know, gonna, and I don't mean like a horror movie where you you, you introduce these nobodies and you, they're just yeah, there and they die. get slashed like, off. Yeah, like these actually characters that have personalities and points, so it's a little bit different. And Mass Effect is like that from Mass Effect 1, 2 to 3. In the first game, there's a situation that you have literally between two squad mates, Ashley and Kaden, and one of them has to die. Like one of them dies. You play the whole game with both of them. You can pick them, put them on your squad mates, interact them when you want to ship, you know, dialogue and all that. But at a certain point in the game, Matt, there's a situation where you have to pick one of them to live and the other one has to die. And that character stays dead. They do not come back. They get talked about throughout the game, but they do not come back. And there's another situation in the um, in Mass Effect 1, and that's Rex. Rex is a Krogan. He's on your team. Now, you have a standoff with Rex. Now, you can shoot Rex, or Ashley can shoot Rex, or you can save Rex. But there's that option where Rex dies, and he cannot come back. Like, and they are on your squad. Like, they are on your squad. Like, you get to interact with them and all that. Same thing with Mass Effect 2. You lost a suicide mystery. You get 12 squad mates. Your 12 squad mates can die in that game. All 12 of them. And not come back. And not come back. Oh, I like that. To me, that makes the game or a book or a show more exciting, knowing that there's a possibility these characters could actually die. Yeah, they, they, they really can. Like, the only character in Mass Effect that can't die is Liara, and she just and she just happens, and that's how her story is just set up. I mean, you get you get Garrus and Tally. They get introduced in the first game, and Garrus and Tally comes into the second game. They are part of your twelve squad mates. Now, Garrus and Tally don't die in the first game, but they can die in the second game, and they've been with you since the first game. I, I like that. That uh, I think more writers and. And I understand sometimes why they don't, but I, I think they should be more willing to take risks like that, you know? Like, yes, sir. Like, definitely. Like, that's why I cherish Mass Effect so much. I mean, hell, your characters in the second game, if they don't die in the second game, they can die in the third game. You, like, your 12 squad mates, like, there's a, um, there's a character named Jack that you get in Mass Effect 2. If you do everything right, you upgrade her, you upgrade your ships, she'll live. You port your character over to the third game because Mass Effect has a port feature. You port it over to the third game. Jack becomes a teacher for biotic students. Now, there's a part in the game where it gets taken over by Cerberus. If you take too long to get to that school to save Jack, the mission goes away and Jack gets kidnapped by Cerberus and she gets turned into a phantom. And you end up having to kill Jack in the third game. Damn. <laughs> like, yo, Matt, Mass, like, Mass Effect is just like, it's so much, Matt. Like, that's why I love it, man. Like, literally, that's why I love it. You can have characters from the first one to the second one die, Second one, characters from the second one to the third one die. You can have characters from the first one all the way to the third one live. Garrus and Tally. That's what made Garrus, huh? That's why, um, I put that picture of Shepard and Garrus out there. Like, Garrus is, like, literally, like, Shepard's best friend, bro. He's been with you since the first game, man. Yeah. <laughs>
Best space bus is Chewbacca, yo. <laughs> Best space bus is Chewbacca, yo. Girls, it's just hard. Same thing with Tao. Like, man, Mass Effect is just, it's just so damn good, yo. Literally so good. Like, I mean, and I played it every which way. Like, Rex, right? And a pure renegade playthrough. I saved Rex in the first game, but I destroyed the data to save his people in the second game. So he had a grudge against me ever since then. In the third game, I sided with the Solarians, the people that hate the Krogan, Rex race. And Rex found out. So one day I'm on a Citadel and I'm about to be like, all right, let me get on my ship and go do a next mission. I go to the doors to start my next mission. The cutscene pops up is Rex. <laughs> Rex like Shepard. You betrayed me. I thought we was friends. He plays a recording of me talking to the Solarian Delatris. And he's like, I'm taking all my people back from Earth. We have to save our race. Next thing you know, I end up killing Rex on the Citadel. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, and he's been with me since the first game. Literally, you can play Mass Effect any which way you want. Like, that's why I love it so much. Now, my favorite is my Paragon playthrough, and I'm just a good soldier. Like I save everybody, I everybody lives. They even say the Ragnar Queen, like everybody lives. But then I literally have a I literally have a pure renegade side where I just I damn they kill everybody. Like um Legion. Legion is a Geth that literally get introduced in the first game. Like the Geth play a major role in the first game. Like they're the enemy in the first game, but you end up getting a Geth in the second game on your squad. Cool character. I sided with Tally's people in the third game, their creator. Legion got upset because I was basically wiping out his race. So he tried to choke me. Tally stabbed him in his back. The red trigger pulls up on the cutscene, red right trigger, and I just shoots him. Bam, bam, bam. Kills him. Now he was one of my squad mates, went on a suicide mission with me and all that. And I wiped him out in the third game. Now my Paragon playthrough, I saved, um, I saved his race, I saved the Geth, I saved the Quarian, but Legion sacrificed himself to give all the Geth true intelligence. Because he was one of the original Geth created. And he had the Reaper coding in him. So he basically was Jesus and he gave all his people free will. Like, yo, Matt, like, I highly recommend it. Like, I highly recommend Mass Effect. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to that. Yo, it's like, you, like, I'm going back to what I talked about earlier. Like, the racist, like, you, you fall in love with the racist. I mean, hell, in the third game, you actually get a Prothean. One of the races got wiped out 15,000 years ago. His name is Javit. <laughs> you get a Prothean on your ship. And you find out more about the Protheans. And you find out that the Protheans, all the tech that we thought the Protheans created, it didn't come from them. You find out so much about the lore, like the Reapers themselves has been wiping out races every since the beginning of time. So it sounds like you could, uh, you could probably talk about this all day. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, <laughs> from the Protheans down to the Inu Sun, who was before the Protheans, like everything, like um, the Mass Effect relays. Everybody thought the Protheans created, but no, they was created by the Reapers, just so they can get to that space faster to wipe out everybody. And then he just disappeared. So the uh, the end of the movie, uh, Vega goes back to the colony. He finds April stuffed animal. Really. You get a really good emotional moment of him remembering April. And he says a line about how I got to make this count for her. Goodbye, Private April. We'll never forget you. Yeah. And then they end. They're about to do another mission on another planet to end the movie. And there you have it. Mass Effect Paragon Lost. So before we get into an actual review... Do you think this movie enhances any of the games or anything, or could the games have existed without it and not been any worse off? I think it adds to James um, James' backstory when he gets introduced in the third game and you had that conversation with him. Was It's mostly a boxing match between him and Shepard. And they get to talking about basically his background. He mentions a lot of those people that's in the movie. He talks about the colony sacrificing himself. And he talks about how Shepard was launching a suicide mission at the same time he was doing this mission. He talks about joining the N7 program because of that. If you are a fan of the series and you want to know more about the characters, the movie definitely does add more to James Vega's backstory in a good way. All right. So it's going to be interesting because we're going to get to our review. You're going to be coming at it from someone with knowledge of the game. 
me having uh, no knowledge of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go over to the ranking system, our spectrometer. Anyone new to the show, spectrometer is what we rank what we just watched. Zero spectros means garbage, means terrible. Four spectros means you cannot miss it. You must go see it immediately. Antoine, what are you going to rank? Mass Effect's Paragon Loss. I'll rank Mass Effect's Paragon Loss. I rank it a, I rank it a four spectros. For perfection. Well, three. I gave it three. <laughs> All right. Three. three. Okay. I gave it three. If you're a fan of the series and you want to know more about the lore of Mass Effect, definitely. I say pick up the collector's edition, two of the books from Dark Horse. You'll know more about the Elusive Man. You'll know more about uh, Arya. You'll, you'll dive in what happened with Shepard at the end of Mass Effect. Well, at, at the beginning of Mass Effect, too. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go two and a half. Pretty good. Enjoyable for the most part. Um, I think it's definitely, and I could be wrong, I think it's something you'll enjoy more if you ha- have a knowledge of the video games. Yes. But it's on its own. I don't, I don't think it's bad. Uh, I don't think it stood out as amazing, but it was, it was pretty good. So I, I'm going to go uh, two, two and a half on it. Can respect that. What do you think out there? Did you like it more than we did? Did you like it less? If you, uh, if you didn't agree with us, that's okay. We're just two guys talking. I would like to hear from you, though. I love other opinions. That's why I have a guest every week. So go to my uh, social media or Antoine's. Let me know. You can find me at uh, Matt Spectro on Twitter. And follow me while you're there. You can find me on Facebook, Matt Spectro through the multiverse. And uh, give me a phone like, give me your opinion. Even if you're really bored, you can find me on Hive, Matt Spectro, all lowercase letters. I go there every now and again, even though there's not a lot of activity going on. Well, I want to thank you for coming back and joining us. It's been an interesting episode. Well, thank you for having me on, Matt. I do a free plug time. I thought I saw you have some stuff in the works through your social media. Is that something you want to plug at this point in time? Uh, yes, I'm actually uh, working on uh, three stories for um, for myself. I'm coming out with uh, my first one's going to be Echo Silhouette. It's an all-girls superhero group. Make sure of uh, fun, geeky stuff, action, space adventure. Stay tuned for more for that. Uh, it's definitely in production. Working with my artist hand in uh, work with my artist hand in hand. Is it a crowdfunding thing or? Right now, it's not on crowdfunding, um, but it will soon be. Well, then, perfect. Then you should uh, share your social media so that people know where to find you. Yeah, my social media is at Antoine Rayner at A and T O I N E R A Y N E R. Hit me up on Twitter. Same thing on my Instagram. The exact same way. Hit me up on there. Let's follow each other. I'm a comic book collector, comic book reader, geek culture, 100%. <laughs> and a new feature I'm adding as well for uh, not everybody I have on here is a uh, is a super comic fan, but I try to get most people. So my new feature I'm kind of asking is, uh, what are you uh, what are you reading uh, that's newer that you might recommend to someone out there? Oh, I'm currently reading reading One Punch Man. I'm currently reading that. I'm jumping. Um, and I get done volume three, jumping back on Black is Night, because I'm going to finish that. I'm halfway through that. Once I get done Black is Night, I'm going to jump on the authority, because I'm, uh, I'm going to start getting ready for that, because uh, DC is going to be gearing up, and they're going to be pushing that. So that's my three books. I like to take it a uh, three books at a time situation, because I do have a lot of books. I don't like to overwhelm myself. Uh, right now, I'm uh, reading, uh, I have a stack of trades uh, <laughs> that I'm that I'm way behind on because I'm a big flea market thrift shop yard sale guy. So I'm always buying them cheap. But, uh, as far as trades right now, I'm reading crisis on infinite earth. Okay. I got that. And, uh, for newer stuff, I definitely recommend, uh, green lantern by Jeremy Adams. Only one issues out, but, uh, the first issue was really good. If you're a Hal Jordan fan, like I am, it's, uh, it's good to have him back. And, uh, it's first issue was good. I would definitely recommend uh, green lantern. Oh, also, anything new? Vanish. I definitely been enjoying Vanish. I, I'm, I'm on the issue too. Definitely like the dark and gritty. So what uh, Danny Coast is doing with it. If you're looking for a good series to start collecting on, Vanish. Well, I want to thank y'all for listening. If you could uh, 
share my podcast. I really appreciate it. If you could uh, subscribe, I'd also appreciate that as well. And if you feel so inclined, give me a five-star rating. It helps uh, the algorithms, helps uh, get my uh, podcast in front of more eyes. And I appreciate it. I want to thank you for uh, joining us again. You will come back for a third episode sometime, I hope. Yes, sir. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I keep doing it until you shut your podcast now. <laughs> well, and uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. And it's going to about wrap it up for this week. And uh, until then, we'll see you again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse, everybody. Excelsior!